Hey guys, well today we're going to talk about faith forward friendships. You know, we can have friends that are faithful friends, but what does it look like to have a friend that is full of faith? There's a difference, a big difference. And I think sometimes we don't understand that difference and therefore we don't know which friend to go to when we need a faith forward moment in our life. This is helping you find the friends that are going to help keep you full of faith and going to be full of faith for the future alongside you. I hope you enjoy it. I hope it inspires you to get faith-filled friends in your world. We are talking over these next few weeks together as a church about the topic of faith. The last few weeks, we have outlined that topic. Steve has spoken about that topic, but over the next few weeks, we want to now begin to apply that topic to your actual everyday life. We want to say, okay, now we understand what faith is. Now we're growing in our understanding of faith. What would faith look like in your marriage? What would faith look like in your parenting? What would faith look like in your finances? What would faith look like in areas where you need freedom? What would faith look like in your singleness? What would faith look like in your career? And I get to take the first evening of applying this to our everyday life with the subject that I get to speak on, which is friendship. I am passionate about the subject of friendship. I feel that God wants to be so involved in the friendships of your life, but often we don't allow Him because we don't think that God is really bothered about things that seem on the surface to be so trivial. But friendships are hugely important, hugely important, because the people that you do life with are the people that are determining where your life is going. I don't care how strong you feel you are, it's the strength of the people that you attach your life to that ultimately will tell you where you are going to end up. And the Bible speaks a lot about this subject. Proverbs 12 verse 26 says this, the righteous, that is us that love God and serve God, the righteous, they choose their friends carefully, not casually, not conveniently, not off the top of their head, Lee but they choose their friends carefully. I don't know how many of the friends in your world you could actually say, I chose them very carefully. Or you might say, I met them down the pub. I met them at the shops. I met them at the health club. Maybe the friends in your world have come to your life casually, but God has a whole nother level of friendship for you where you understand the power of friendship. Amos 3 verse 13 has been a fundamental shaping verse for my life since I was a teenager. It says this, it says, do two people walk arm in arm unless they have first agreed where they are going? Think about it. Do two people walk arm in arm unless they have first agreed where they are going? Why do a lot of marriages end up on the rocks? Because they failed to talk about where are we going? What are we building? What are we believing? What are we standing by? What kind of home do we want to have? It's too late once you have linked arms. You have to decide, are you going where I'm going? Because if you are, let's link up. If you look at friendship 
all throughout your life, you will see how some people have taken your life in a direction that has taken you a long time to correct because you linked arms without first figuring out where are they going. And when they were spiraling out of control, guess where you went with them? And when they went down negativity lane, guess where you went with them? I can't understand it, but I have seen it too many times that when somebody is offended and leaves the church, all of a sudden someone who was never offended leaves the church with them. Why? Because if you linked your arm with an offended person, where they're going is where you're going to. And so this subject is absolutely crucial for your journey in God. It's crucial even if you didn't know God. I would be saying, be careful about who you do life with. I look at my teenager and I look at my son and I'm like, who are you doing life with? Who are you hanging with in the playground? Who are you hanging with at youth? And then I go to the youth pastors and I say, who's this guy? Who's this girl? Give me the lowdown. What are they like? Where are they from? You know why? Because I want to know who my kids are agreeing to journey with. And so should you. The world has redefined friendship. In the modern time that we live in, there is this fake friendship going on where there's Facebook friends. Hello, people. Because someone likes you on Facebook does not mean they are your friend. (laughs) It doesn't because they can unlike you just as quickly as they liked you. I have thousands of friends on Facebook. No, you have no friends. If all of your friends are on Facebook, I need to help you because you actually need some real tangible friends. Now, there are several different types of friends and those I want to kind of broadly identify to help us all see where different friendships sit. But then I want to get to the category that it, it links friendship with this faith thought for us to think about before we go home this evening. The broader category that we could all probably say we have friendships along these lines would be that we have several different types of friends. We have those that might be your fun friend. They're the one that, you know what, if you ring them up, it's always going to be a good time. It's like if you know you're going to go out for the night and you're not quite sure whether it's going to be a good evening because of the other people invited, you can always rely on this friend to liven it up. You're like, I'll just take them. I'll just take Rich because he's going to say something dumb. He's going to make a bad joke. He's going to put his foot in it before I do. Everyone's going to laugh and it'll be Rich's fault and not mine. Everybody needs a fun friend that you just can rely on to bring life and life. So we all have those friends in our world that we know that are fun. And fun friends are exactly that. They are fun, but often our fun friends are the spontaneous, the social type. They're not exactly stable and reliable. They're fun to hang with. They're fun to be around. But often if you build your life with just fun friends, you'll find that in times of testing, the fun friend doesn't have what you need. There are friends that we meet that are in our family maybe. Maybe your family has become friends. That's awesome because a lot of people, their family has become enemies. But sometimes in your family, family become the friends that you hang out with. 
and that's awesome if you can build that way and, and you build life that way, but they become like familiar friends. They know you, they've always known you. They knew you at school, they knew you growing up. The problem with familiar friends is that though they know so much about you, the problem is they know so much about you. And often those that are most familiar with you will be the ones that contain you most as you move into your future because they cannot see greatness in you because they're so used to just seeing the usual you. They don't speak about the gift within you because to them, you're just you. You're just the guy that they went to school with. You're just the mate to have a pint with. And so the familiar friend can often keep you in a place of comfort and keep you in a place of sameness. We all have faithful friends, the friends that are loyal, solid, steady, always there for you, not really very flappable, always around, always steady. The problem sometimes with the faithful friend is though they're always there for you, they don't always like change. They just want everything to stay the same because it's just easier to control. So every type of friendship we have has to it strength and weakness. And if we can identify that, then we're gonna stop looking to each friend for something that they cannot give us. You can't expect from your fun friend the wisdom of maybe the faithful friend. You can't expect from your friend that is faithful to always be the one that is courageous with you. And oftentimes we mix it up and expect everything from that one person when God actually has gifted different people to be a different gift in your life. And so we have to make room for that, allow for that, give each other space for that. And those are the friendships that maybe you have chosen or they have chosen you. But I now want to move into a whole different category of friendship, which is actually either gonna describe to some of you what you're missing, or is actually going to explain to some of you what you are. I think there's some in this room tonight and you do not understand why you are drawn to be in certain places with certain people. You do not get what's going on, but by the grace of God, by the end of tonight, you are not only gonna understand it, but you're gonna celebrate it and you're gonna run this year into all that that is going to be as a gift to your world and someone else. And the category of friends that I want to speak about, maybe no one's talked to you about this before, is that the friends that you choose, that are the friends that choose you, but there are friends that God chooses for you. There are friends that God chooses for you. And the God-selected friends are entirely to do with your destiny. They are entirely to do with what God is calling you into and out of. God has strategic friendships for your life and mine, but you will not find them in the mundane. You will only find them when you are reaching for a miracle. These friends don't just show up in your life for no reason, for they are on an assignment of heaven. And if some of you are like, well, I've never had a friend like this, then I need to encourage you to do something that will cause God to have to send one to you. I can testify time 
after time, after time, if we had time of friends that have been this in my world and times when I have been this to someone else's world and I call these friends the faithful friend. The friend that is full of faith for your future. The friend that is full of faith for the fight that you are called to take. The friend who is full of faith for what God has said to do. These friends have a divine gift that is assigned by God to your destiny and mine. And when they show up, everything changes. And I wanna ask you, do you have that kind of friend? It's like the intersection that they show up at, the corner that they show up at, is the intersection that happens between your faith and your fight. When there is a fight for your future on, these people turn up at that intersection, at that corner, they show up because God knows you're about to enter the ring to take down a giant and you need someone in your corner that's gonna speak words to help you win this fight. Watch this scene from a couple of movies to see the kind of friend God's trying to send you into your corner. The strategy, that's all. I know what I'm doing. No, you don't know what you're doing. He's gotta come to you, you're the champ. It's nothing. It's mine. You stand toe to toe with this woman, he'll kill you. It doesn't take a man to stand there and get your head beat off. Don't tired. He's getting tired. Don't go wasting your punches. You're a champ. Don't try to take him out with one punch. Use your head. Now you wear him down. He's all ours. I know what I'm doing. I swear I know what I'm doing. Don't tell me what you think. Go out there and do it, Rock. I have a tiger. You understand? Yeah. Go out there and knock his head off. He's just a man, Rock. Just a man, right? Be more man than him. Go get him. I have the tiger. I have the tiger. Up and down, side to side. Okay, good. Deep breath. Bring it on. Deep breath. Deep breath. Look at me. I like what you're doing out there, all right? You're a little tight. You're going to loosen up, all right? Here's what I want you to do. I want you to throw your left under the radar. Yes, then when you come up with a shovel hook, you're gonna see an opening, put it right on his chin, then I'll drop him. I'll be... Mouthpiece in, seconds out! I should've stopped this one with your father. I'm stopping this one now. Don't, okay, let me finish. I gotta prove it. Prove what? I'm not a mistake. Look at me. I never got a chance to take Apollo for helping me out after Mickey died but it's nothing compared to what you've done. You taught me how to fight again, and I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna fight this thing, but if I fight, I want you to fight too. I want you to go across this ring and knock down. Can you do it? Say it. I'm going knock down. I know you are. You know why? Because you are Creed, and I love you, kid. There's an intersection that happens in all of our journeys where we are about to enter the ring to take on a giant, to take on an obstacle, to take on a financial challenge, to take on a relational issue, to take on an injustice. There are times when we're in a ring and God strategically places people alongside your ropes to say to you, get up, get in the ring, do not sit down. You have got this, God is with you, He is for you, they are faithful. Full. And you know why they're faithful? Because they've seen it before. 
In the first scene, you see that it's Rocky that's getting the pep talk by a guy called Apollo. He's pep talking him, he's telling him what to do. But in the second scene, you see that there's a change of role reversal. And now that Stallone guy is now coaching Apollo's son because he now knows I have been where you are and I know what it took to get me through. And I'm now gonna help you in your ring. People that God assigns to you that become those faithful friends in your corner of intersection are people that know where you're going, have already seen it by faith and totally believe that it is possible. Who is in your corner? Elijah was that for Elisha. Timothy had Paul. There was Moses and there was Joshua. Naomi had Ruth. When Naomi said, I can't do this, there's nothing to live for. She was at an intersection of her faith and a fight for her future. She said, I'm too old. Life's passed me by now. There's nothing to live for. And a young girl came alongside her and said, get up, move on. Where you go, I go. Your people are my people. And with that, a new lease of life came back inside Naomi's bones and suddenly she was alive again to what God could still use her to do. Some of you older people in here, you need some younger people around you to remind you, you are not dead. Hello, you're not dead, you're here. So get up and do what God has assigned you to do. Some of you younger people in here need some older people around you to say, don't be an idiot. Don't waste this moment. You are going to overcome what we have been believing and praying for for years. So don't quit now. God wants to send faith assigned friends to your future. And so I want to look just for the next 10 minutes of my time because time flies when you're preaching good. In these next 10 minutes of my time, I want to examine a God sent, God assigned faithful friend. And I want to identify this friendship because I want to show you what it looks like. I want to explain to you how you know this friendship is different than other friendships. How you know that actually God has set this up. I am not trying to set this up. And the story that I want to take you to is the story of David and his friend, Jonathan. It's found in 1 Samuel 18. The context is that David has just literally come from the fields where he was with the sheep. And you know the story, if you know any Bible, you'll know this when he comes down the hillside and he sees Goliath and he begins to realize this is an affront to my God and so I'm gonna deal with this giant. And as he is already contemplating what he is going to do, the familiar voices in his world, his own brothers, begin to tell him, sit down. The familiar voices begin to say to him, how conceited do you think you are that you think you could do this all by yourself? Oftentimes the familiar friend will tell you to sit where the faithful friend will tell you to stand. 
often the one that can't see past the childhood or the background or the previous mistakes. They will wipe out your future because they don't see what God sees. But when you have eyes of faith, you see beyond what the natural shows you into what God is doing in and through you. And so his own familiar friends tell him, don't even try, don't even go there. But there was a friend waiting in the wings. There was someone that was sent by God to be this new friend in his world. And his name was Jonathan. It made absolutely no sense that these two men would become friends. And let me tell you something about God-sent friendships, about God-chosen friendships. They make no sense whatsoever. Often they are generationally years apart. Sometimes they are nations apart. Sometimes there's a language barrier between them because they are not based on the natural. They are entirely based on the spiritual. It says in verse one of Samuel 1, 18, it says, after David had finished talking with Saul, Jonathan became one in spirit with David and loved him as himself. After he had finished talking, that was all that happened. Jonathan heard a conversation and though they had no history, and though they had nothing in common, and though there was no hanging out that happened before this, when God revealed what was inside David, what was inside Jonathan instantly came alive. And Jonathan realized, I am assigned to your destiny. And the Bible says in the Amplified Version, in that moment, that Jonathan's soul was bonded to David's soul. Those are very deep words, but I know that's what God can do in an instant, in an instant. I remember, I never forget, when I was over in America 11 years ago, and 11 years ago, I was in a meeting in California, and in that meeting, someone said to, to me, that I had the night off, but I came to the service, and I was in the worship, and I had my eyes closed in the worship. And God said to me, the girl at the back of this auditorium in an orange sweater and jeans is to do with your future. It's the weirdest thing God has ever said to me. I had no idea if there was even someone there with an orange sweater. And so I nudged my mum who was with me and said, can you tell me, is there someone back there in an orange sweater? My mum turned around and said, yes, there is. Next moment, I'm like, I don't know what to do about that. My mum's like, that's weird that you knew that. I said, don't even ask. I remember sitting down in the service thinking, what is going on? This is so strange. And then the pastor saying, do you mind getting up and taking the offering tonight? I said, sure. She said, whilst you're up there, can you introduce the guest singer? I said, I've never heard of her, but okay. And so I get up on the platform and as I am talking, I'm beginning to introduce this singer. The girl in the orange sweater starts to walk forward and I begin to prophesy over her. I can't control what's coming out of my mouth. She begins to sob in the aisle. She gets up on the platform just as I'm saying, please welcome Natalie Grant. We embraced each other on the platform and I looked at her and I'm like, I am so sorry. I have 
no idea what's going on. And she said, neither do I, but I know it's God. I get on a plane on Tuesday to go around America with that same girl who's become one of my best friends to go preach the gospel to hundreds upon hundreds of people and see people saved for Christ. God knows what he's doing. We live an ocean apart, but when your spirit jumps and attaches to someone else's spirit. Oceans don't matter, language barriers don't matter. When I was in Denmark years ago, about six years ago, I heard a girl singing in the worship and I watched her behind the scenes administratively and something in my spirit jumped and I felt God say, she's to do with your future. And I felt God say, I will send her to you and you need to be like a spiritual mum to her. And so I just tucked it away. I never told her, I never mentioned, but I knew something had awakened in me about this girl's future. It was three years later that this girl rang from the office in Copenhagen and spoke to staff here and said, hi, I am called Ebi. I wonder if me and my husband, while we're on maternity leave, could do some kind of internship at your church. I said to Shirley, whatever she just said, the answer is yes. God told me she was coming. And now they are on our staff, creative pastors on our team. But I tell you, I never said to her three years prior to her ringing, you're gonna come to our church. You know why? Because you have to move to find faith-filled friends. God will have them in the wings, but you don't need them until you're in the fight. So some of you are sat back like, I can't do this, I can't do this, but you gotta get up and you'll find in your getting up, the voices that God has for your corner suddenly appear. In an instant, their spirits were attached. You don't need years when God sets it up. Some of you are in this room, you are here in this church because your spirit got attached to Steve's spirit or my spirit and we don't even hang out together. We're not even socially connected, but there was something that happened inside you and God said, I need you in that corner. It's completely spiritual and it completely makes no sense to those that only view friendships naturally, but God is involved in it spiritually deep. These friendships, that God has for your life, that are God assigned. They are spiritual. They are not natural first. They are deeply rooted in seeing what God sees and hearing what God hears. They are friendships that make no sense to many, but make perfect sense when you look at your destiny. God knows who you need and he knows who to send you to get you there. These friendships, not only are they spiritual, but they also are purposeful. These friendships, unlike all the other friendships that we have in our world, these friendships, they are purely based on purpose, not personality, not performance. They are totally about the purpose of God. God is assigning some of you to be in a place of friendship with someone who without you cannot achieve the purpose that God has for their life. You are a purposeful friend. It says that when Jonathan saw David, it says in verse three, he instantly made a covenant with him. Covenant is not a light word in the Bible. 
It's not like he made a commitment. He didn't say, I'll see you next week and if we get along over coffee, then this can go to the next stage. Covenant is a complete sacred thing. It's like, God, I see what you are asking from me. Even if they don't see it, I am making a covenant to help see the purpose be fulfilled for your sake, God, and for your kingdom. Covenant is saying, wherever God is leading, I am following. Covenant is saying, my faith is in the God in you. My faith is in the God through you. I am connected to the bigger purpose that God wants to use your life for. Was David perfect? No. Would he fail? Yes. But did Jonathan commit whether he failed or whether he was perfect? Yes, because covenant commits above convenience and commits above circumstance. Covenant is an obedience to God to get in the corner of the person that you need to be in the corner for. I remember when I was at the crossroads of faith and future, and there was a fight in me personally about the step I was taking with Cherish, our conference. Many of you know our women's conference I began here several years ago with just a handful of girls. Now Phil's Leeds Arena with 10,000 women. But it didn't start there, it started here with a handful of girls, but there came a stage in the conference where we would fill this building up so many times, we needed to move. But I had a little bit of a crisis. To move would mean I would need to have the faith to move. To move would mean that I would have to take on an arena that cost a heck of a lot of money. To move would mean that I'd have to take the burden of responsibility of what that was. And there was no one in my world that had ever done that before. And God knew I was about to get in the ring. And as I said yes to God, God sent a woman on an aeroplane from Holland. She came over here to the conference. She doesn't speak very much English. We were in this auditorium and she came and she said, ah, God told me to come and give you something. And I thought it was a necklace. And so I kind of tried to figure out what God was saying. So I just left a necklace under your seat, but I'm not supposed to give you a necklace. See, I just showed the video of the dream to take Cherish to the arena. She said, now I know why I'm here. I'm supposed to help that happen. I'm supposed to help that happen in a practical way. And she began to talk about her and her husband's business and how they could help us with some practical help. I didn't know her, but God sent her to my corner because He knew the purpose He was giving me was bigger than me. And He knew I would need a voice in my corner at that time. And she is still a dear friend to me and to many on our team, her and her husband and family and kids. And we have become someone in their corner, in their faith fight, because God knows what you need, but you gotta stand up and get in the ring. God's sent friends are always to do with your purpose, always. They're not to do with your problems. They're not to do with your pain and suffering. They're always to do with your purpose because pain and suffering will come and go, but purpose is what God is interested in. Who is in your corner? And finally, these God-sent friends, these God-chosen friends, first of all, it's spiritual. Second of all, it's purposeful. But here's the crazy thing. Third, this is how you know it's one. It's always resourceful. 
These people always show up with something that you need for the fight. They do. My friend, she showed up with something I needed for the fight. Jonathan showed up to David at that moment with something he would need for the fight. Though the giant was dead, that was not the purpose of God for his life. The purpose of God for his life was kingship. And what Jonathan had that no one else could give was the heir to the throne right. And Jonathan showed up and it says he took off his robe and he gave it to David and he took off his sword and he gave it to David and he took off his bow and he gave it to David. What was he saying? I am going to resource you to be king even though I should be king. I have enough faith for my future to not despise or belittle yours. See, faithful friends are not in fear when your future looks bigger than theirs. They're just in faith that God has got all of it covered. Some of you are like, I need to write a check to this person and invest in their business. I need to give this person my car and help them. And it makes no sense. But if God is telling you to, it's because you are the key to resourcing their future. He has sent you to be in their corner. And when you understand it, see, this is what had to happen on David's end. David had to understand, I can't be embarrassed. I have to receive it. Though in that moment, it was awkward to receive the robe of a guy he met a few minutes earlier, a robe that represented his own legacy. He was now handing over. Even though it was awkward, David had to understand, I know God sent you. And I know God asked you to resource me in this moment. And so David had to receive the help that this God sent friend was going to be in his life. And there was a day when David would be put in the corner of Solomon and David would go to his son's corner to help him fulfill a dream that he never got to fulfill. And I'm pretty sure in the moment when he realised I don't get to build what I desire to build and realised his son would get it instead, I'm pretty sure in that moment he had a flashback to Jonathan who at the moment when he could have inherited the kingdom, gave up his robe because he knew God is with David and this is my privilege to hand over. And therefore, when it was Solomon's turn, he handed over all that he'd staved up for himself and said, it's not about me. It's about what God is calling to get through me. I don't know what your life looks like. I could preach all night on this subject. I am so passionate about it because I tell you what, I've lived it. I know that change has happened in my life because people have got in my corner just at the right time. They've said just the right thing. And some of you, you are stuck. Your friendships are stuck. Can I be honest? Some of you are stuck. You're stuck in a wrong, a wrong loyalty because people make you feel bad that you would consider even supporting someone else, but they don't know what God has asked you to do. They don't know the God assignment for your life. And you know what? I'd rather be in trouble with people than be in trouble with God. God needs to get His kingdom built. God needs to get His house established. And He is looking for all of us to be willing. So I don't know what your life looks like. If I was to ask you who's in your corner, 
challenge you, maybe you've got some of the wrong voices in your corner. They're telling you to sit down when they should be telling you to stand up. They're telling you to stay when they should be saying to you, go. They're saying to you, hold on when they should be saying, let it go. Make sure that in your corner you have the right voices or you will never ever win the fight. By God's goodness and God's grace and God's kindness, He assigns people to help you get done what needs to get done. Our job is to know when we're being sent and when we get there to let our spirit connect. Don't fight it, don't push it down. When we get there to love the purpose like God loves it. And when we get there to turn out our pockets in whatever that looks like, encouragement, supply, sustenance, words. I don't know what it looks like. Just this week as I was preparing this message, I have a friend of ours that we've done life with for years. Life with for years, Matthew, and he just texted because this is what you do when you know who's in your corner. He just texted saying, hey, facing something at the moment, appreciate prayers. And instantly back on the email was, this is what God says from Steve. And then this is what God says from me. And then this is what I'm praying. And then this is what's gonna happen. And this, why? Because when you need it, your voices are the ones that help you take on the giant in front of you. Who is that in your world? And who are you that for in your world? I believe God not only sends them to you, but us actually asks you to be that to others. God sends them and God sends you. I love how God is bothered about the right friendships in your world. And some of you, you have great friends, but do you have faith full friends? Friends that are full of faith. They see, they hear at a different level. That's what God wants to assign to your life. You don't have to hang out with them. Listen to me. Some of you are messing this up. You're like, well, I want, to, I want one of those, but, but you know, will I get to hang with them all the time? Like, will they come around and visit me? Will we get to have dinner together? Maybe. But that's not why God put you in the corner to have dinner with them. God put you in the corner for the fight. They can have dinner with whoever, but you have a special seat in the fight. So stop trying to make that friendship be your best friend be a go-to person, be a social hangout. No, 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 no. Jonathan did not hang out with David. In fact, because of the choice he made, he had to run and David and him had to separate. The covenant held them together, not the time and the amount of hours they spent. I know in this room, people that are in my corner that I never hang out with, but they've got my back. They're praying for me. They're on my side. They see what God sees. They're resourcing the future. I tell you, they are a gift. You know what? they are, they're low maintenance and they're high impact for Jesus Christ. Amen. Stand to your feet or I'll never stop preaching. Woo! I preach better than you all responded. This is a good word, people. This is a God word. This is a life-saving word for some of you. This is a changing your year word for some of you. Stop hanging out in places where life is not being put into you. Change some of the conversations. Look at your life, who is in your corner? And if you don't like who's in your corner, change it. Say to God, God, I am open. God, I'm in the fight. There's times in my life when I've been like, I feel lonely in doing this. And instantly, as soon as I commit, 
God sends the voice that I needed for that fight. God will not leave you hanging. He knows who you need. I hope that message blessed you and I hope that you'll take the principles you learn and apply them into your life so that you can have faith-forward friendships in your world this year. Thanks for listening to this podcast. For more information about Life Church, check out our website, lifechurchhome.com or download the app. Hey, I want to let you know that we're running a leadership one day. And Charlotte and I are both so passionate about building the local church and leaders at any level. So we would love for you to join with us. And I'll tell you what, we're in a need today where the local church needs to be strengthened, where leaders need to step forward, take responsibility, and to grow in all those different spheres of life that we're called to lead in. So join with us. It's going to be an outstanding day together.